We've got a good one on this edition of Magic Pod Squad. We catch up with former Magic player, nine-year NBA veteran Carlos Arroyo, now the general manager of the Puerto Rican national basketball team, just one of the many things on his current resume. He's in the music, he's been in movies, uh, just an unbelievable professional basketball career, and now he's building something special with the Puerto Rican national team. Magic fans, the Florida Department of Transportation reminds you that fans don't let fans drive drunk. If you've been drinking, don't get behind the wheel. Instead, find a sober driver or catch a ride service. Remember, drive sober or get pulled over. Have a great night and drive safe. Lots to get into with Carlos Arroyo, including how he got to Orlando, his conversation with Joe Dumars, then the general manager of the Pistons that ultimately led uh, to Carlos arriving here in City Beautiful, how much he appreciated the Puerto Rican and the Latin community for completely embracing him during his three years here in Central Florida, something that he is eternally grateful for, and what he's up to now with the Puerto Rican national team. Terrific stuff with Carlos Arroyo on this edition of Magic Pod Squad. This is Fonz Wagner of the Orlando Magic. This is Cole Anthony. This is Jalen Suggs. This is Paolo Bancaro of the Orlando Magic. And you're listening to the Pod Squad. And welcome, everyone, to another edition of Magic Pod Squad. Dante Marcatelli, George Galante, Jake Chapman, and Carlos Arroyo, former Magic player, now the general manager with Team Puerto Rico, doing a fantastic job building that team. Carlos played nine NBA seasons from 2001 to 2011, three here in Orlando, from 2005 to 2008. And Carlos, is this right? I, I knew you had played, I knew you had a long career overseas, but I, I think you stopped playing professionally about six months ago. I, I, <laughs> I have you know, I mean, that's 19, 1996 to 2019. That's a heck of a career. That's a heck of a career, my friend. It's been a long journey, but, you know, a great one. I mean, I, the big three, you know, Cal's has, Part of my yes. career as a professional, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's always great to see you, Carlos. We appreciate you doing this. Long overdue to to catch up, but kind of let, let everybody know what you're up to now. I know between running Team Puerto Rico, between following your daughters around and their volleyball career, I mean, I, I don't know how you have time for anything else. Yeah, I've been fortunate to, you know, be able to uh, stay on my feet, as you can say, I mean, and then do little things here and there. I like to be, I have the flexibility of uh, not being at a job, you know, uh, um, and committed to a job 100%. I like to, you know, be with the national team as well as, you know, following my girls around with volleyball. My oldest, already, she's already in college, and I got the two little ones at the house. And, uh, you know, you know, and the national team it, itself, it's it's a, it's a 24-7 job throughout the year, you know, with qualifiers that we have with FIBA and, recruiting and all that stuff so uh, you know I try to stay pretty busy I've done music here and there uh, I was able to you know be a part of a, of a movie uh, you know, that came with the music uh, so doors doors doors, uh, doors open for me I uh, just try to take advantage of you know the things that I did when I was playing and and the doors that are opening now and uh, I've been blessed to be honest with you guys well, he's being modest he be, he's yeah. being modest he says music here and there he's a music sensation with uh, I with say, we, yes. we can't gloss over and just like, oh, this <laughs> exactly. is some music. like we can't go, yeah. get into that a little bit now. We can't just gloss over the music part of this. I mean, it, it was always a passion of mine. You know, I never had the time because I was always traveling when I was in the league and when I was in Europe. So, and you know, just producing music takes a long time. You know, you have to be in the studio for, you know, so many hours. I mean, you know, I had kids at home that I had to go to my wife, you know, on the other. 
And, you know, when are you coming home? When are you coming? You retire. You should be, you know, so you go through all those uh, ups and downs of, you know, being retired and wanting, finding yourself, you know, you know, seeing what, what fits better uh, once you're done playing. But, you know, for the most part, you know, my family supports everything I do. So it's, it's been a blessing. Now, do they get to come on? Like, because we were doing this podcast right now and you're you're in Chile right now. Yeah. Like, do they do they get to come on some of these excursions with you? I mean, you're you're, you're uh, trotting all over the world still. Not really. Um, yeah, we were. You know, we had the World Cup this summer. We were in Philippines, and we had all those exhibition games before the World Cup, leading to the World Cup. So, we were in Italy, Serbia, and all these places. But not really. You know, my girls they do travel well in the summer and throughout the year. They do clubs. You know, they have the club seasons and. You know, now I'm my older. She's in, in Dayton, Ohio, and she got a scholarship to play volleyball with it. So she's over there going through her freshman year. And then my two little ones are in school and they have their own activities. So my wife is always, you know, she's the one, you know, she's the Uber driver at the house when I'm not there. So, um, but, you know, I like, you know, I love taking my kids to school. I, you know, I love that part of being a father as well. You know, I miss so much when I was playing and traveling that, you know, I'm just trying to catch up with those times that I miss. Carlos, what appealed to you about producing music when you got started? How how did it sort of take you away from from the grind of being a pro basketball player? You know, uh, um, what pushed me to to do music was, you know, at the time I retired, the music business was just growing so fast, especially the reggaeton and Latin uh, urban music. And, you know, I decided, I said, you know what, I have a great relationship with all these artists. Why do I, you know, try to find a, a label that can support the vision that I have with a project that I wanted to do, and, and you know, maybe I can make some money. And, and it, it went like that. It wasn't easy, but um, I thank God for basketball every day because of the relationships that I built, because of the respect that I got for the years that I played in the national team and in the NBA. Uh, you know, a lot of those guys, you know, we build relations, and I'm friends with most of these guys. So, um, but it wasn't easy, you know, that and the music industry, you know, especially when you're trying to do a collab, you have to be after guys constantly, you know, to jump on a track or, uh, you know, find time to do a video or, you know, because their schedules are so, uh, so different than, you know, athletes. Um, and they don't have no time uh, discipline when it comes to going to the studio, you know, <laughs> they, they might tell, you know, I'll be there at eight and they show up at 12, you know what I'm saying? But you yeah. don't want to want the features. So you have to kind of like, right you have to suck it up and, and you know, uh, and grind. George, George doesn't feel bad because he's been chasing around NBA players for 25 years, so he knows exactly right. what you're talking about. Right. I, I do not I do not feel bad. Now you know about the sit around and wait part of this, right? <laughs> right. We always like to tell each other, it's like, oh, we spend a lot of time sit or, sitting around and waiting. <laughs> you know, for athletes, athletes, as you know, George, and Dante, as you know, you know, if we have practice at 10, we're probably there at 9. True, right. right. See what I'm right. saying? Absolutely. You know, and artists, they're not like that. They might not show up. They might not show up. And I'll tell you why they didn't show up, you know? So uh, the, their schedule is just very, is it, you know, mixed. Is it different on a movie set? Did, did you enjoy that experience? I imagine those things have to happen like clockwork when you set up to, to shoot a movie. That was great. Uh, you know, that was um, one of those experiences where, you know, you try to you're in a situation where you've never been, you know, music. Yeah. I've been doing music since I was a kid, you know, and I, you know, with my friends back home in Puerto Rico, but you know, being at a movie set, you know, everything is by the clock and everything is very disciplined structure, you know, you know, call up at five in the morning, you have somebody there at four 30 already waiting on you to get, you know, to the studio to do makeup and all that stuff. And when they say, you know, action is action, you know, 
whatever time they tell you. It's more structured than the music business. I, I want to get into this car. We know it because we had you here for three years, and it was a fun three years here in Central Florida. It was fun for us to get to know you, and I know it was fun for the fans. A lot of Puerto Rican fans here in uh, Central Florida, so I know they loved having you here, and, and I know you enjoyed your time here as well. But let everybody know your basketball journey. Uh, ultimately, you get to the NBA, but your story and to make it and to you know to be an NBA player and to have the career you had is fascinating, and it's a it's it's a credit to the hard work that you put in. Thank you, thank you so much. Um, I think um, most Latinos know my journey, but you know I was born and raised in Puerto Rico. Uh, turned pro when I was sixteen. My father wanted me to turn pro when I was sixteen. Back then, you can still play in your college. Uh, and, and, you know, I could still play in, in the NCAA and, and go back home and make some money and, and you know, be a pro and, and be a part of, of Division One basketball, which it was my dream. Um, I wasn't drafted. You know, I had a pretty solid senior year and I got invited to some vet camps. We decided to go with the Toronto Raptors that opened the doors for me that first year. So I went to vet camp, them having 15 guaranteed contracts, which I told my agent, I don't know what I'm doing here because, you know, there's no way I can make a team. Um, I did well enough for them to open a spot for me and um, and give me a non-guaranteed contract. So I was with them until like half of the season. And then um, I went to Spain that first year, played a month there, and I finished the season with Denver. They got me a 10-day card for again. After that, I signed with Utah. And then I was, um, and I think from Duke, Utah, I went to Detroit. And then, and then that's where I ended up in Orlando. But I mean, my journey has been... Um, um, one of you know of those journeys that you could say you know where is he going to end up next? But I really learned and appreciated every coach that I had, every teammate that I had. I played with some great players. Uh, uh, I was fortunate enough when I was in Orlando my first year with, with Grant, you know, and and mm-hmm. Stacey Augman and all, and all those guys, you know, uh, Dwight and his peak. So um, I was blessed. I was blessed my whole career. I learned a lot from every organization that I was a part of. And even when I went to Europe, it was a moment where in Europe where I was like, can I do this? Because it's just different culture wise, you know, it hits you when you go to Europe, it's not for everyone. So I had to adapt, even though I was playing in the national team and I just the FIBA rules and the way they played, it was totally different from the NBA, but I, playing with the national team, it helped me adapt better. But I still had to get adjusted with, you know, the food and the language and the culture, it was just, um, uh, you know, it was just difficult at times. You know, I was there by myself most of the times. My family, just, you know, went with me. My first year in Europe was in Israel, so I told my wife uh, that's when I had my first daughter, and I told them I'm going to go first to see how it is and everything, get settled, and then I'll bring you guys over. The same when I went went to Turkey, and uh, my last year was with the Barcelona in Spain. But um, you know, the, the treatment and and the care that you know, they gave me was, was amazing. It was first class at all times. You know, I always felt that I was in a situation where I was going to be successful and, and uh, I have an opportunity to play my game, which I missed. You know, I feel like one of the years in the NBA that I, I really felt like I was playing my game and I was really happy on uh, getting ready for games and traveling. So was with Orlando, to be honest with you. You know, I got to play minutes. Uh, mm-hmm. Brian gave me an opportunity from, from the start when I got to, to Orlando and um, you know, and I was able to, you know, showcase, uh, you know, part of my game that I wasn't able to showcase when I was with the other teams. Um, aside from, you know, I felt like I was in Puerto Rico when I played in Orlando, as you guys remember, there's a right, you know, right. of flags. And it, was, it was just an amazing experience, you know, 
Uh, and I felt that every time I went to Orlando with other teams, you know, every time I felt, you know, I, I felt like I was in Puerto Rico, people coming and supporting, you know, as you guys know, the Puerto Rican community in Orlando is amazing and, and growing. So, um, you know, my journey has been a special one and I, I truly miss it. Uh, sometimes I miss it. I don't miss the grind of it, you know, waking up and training and all that stuff, but I, I miss the locker room, you know, and uh, the group of people I've met uh, throughout my journey and basketball in general just giving me a life that I, I can't complain. I've been truly blessed. That's awesome, Carlos. Carlos, before we get into some of, some of your Orlando teammates, because you were here, right, when some of those guys were just starting to to pick, you know, the Dwights and the Jameers, um, you, you played with John Stockton for the last year of his career, last two years of his career, what was it like playing with a guy? I mean, because I, I went back and looked just to see, oh, let me see how many games he played in his last, John Stockton. And he started all 82 and played 31 minutes the, the last year while you were there. I mean, what was it like to, to, I mean, that was one of your first stops in the NBA, ended up being with yeah. one of the arguably greatest point guards ever to play right. in. You know, and you know what's funny? Um, John was the starter and the backup was Mark, Mark Jackson. So I was behind right. the number one and number two assist leader in the history of the game. So that, right. you know, that year for me was, was a clinic the whole year. You know, I was just watching them, how they prepared for games, how they saw the game. I was asking a lot of questions. But that truly helped my game uh, mature at a professional level. Um, but John was very quiet. You know, and I was just... I would just watch him and, you know, at times I would ask him questions what he saw pick and roll situations, how to manage, you know, um, the time when he's in the game, when the game was on the line, fourth quarters, you know, um, decision-making and stuff like that. He was just a true master, man. He was, this is my, and then it, it doesn't matter. You could never pressure it. He was, it's like kind of like watching Luca. You can have a guy pressure him 90 speed, but he's going he's gonna to go his own speed, you know, so that's what I like about John and um, every drill, you know, he took it personal. If we were running 17s, he would make sure he was the first one, you know, just to prove that he's not old. Uh, but he was a true professional, man. Uh, I can honestly say I was a last substitution uh, for Don Stockton, you know, in Sacramento. You know, I was the, the guy that brought him out and subbed him out. So that's awesome. Coach Long, so, so, you know, uh, asked me to sub him out and he came out. Uh, I think it was the playoffs in, in Sacramento. But uh, that moment in itself, I would take with me forever because, you know, me going in there and giving him a high five and, you know, giving him kind of like a little hurl after he walked out the last time he walked out of the court, that was a, a truly special moment for me. Well, Wait, you guy that, the guy that replaced, yeah, the guy that replaced Johnson, that's an answer to a trivia question. Right. After 19 years right. of starting right. point guard, the guy that replaced him as the starting point guard the next year was this man, Carlos Arroyo, right? And, and, and maybe... Probably the best statistical year of your NBA career that that yes, that yeah, year starting absolutely. in Utah. Absolutely, absolutely. And I remember, you know, I had a lot of pressure from from the media back then because they were, you know, are you you're the next one? You're ready to, you know, take on you know that responsibility. Uh, and I said, look, I'm only here to take advantage of the opportunity, just like John did when he mm -hmm. he was given that opportunity. So. But, you know, it was a lot of pressure, you know. Uh, I can honestly say that, you know, I, mentally I was trying to prepare myself to not mess it up. <laughs> <laughs> and um, But I had a structured team, you know, with Jerry Swan. You know, uh, he was very determined with uh, doing things right, um, very disciplined with his structure and how he wanted us to play. And 
as you guys know, you know, Jerry doesn't mess around, you know, and he's the same at practice as shoot around in games, you know, he's the same way. So, and, um, and it helped my game to be honest with you. I don't, you know, just stay in line with what I needed to do as a point guard and as a young point guard too, trying to find myself. I knew that you, that first year that he gave me the ball and said, you know, I run the team. I knew that, you know, I needed to be focused and have my best season. Carlos, if that was your best year, your second best year, I would think statistically, was that 06-07 season here. You mentioned some of your teammates. That was my intern year. So quick personal story. I had to hold, I was the radio intern. I had to hold the mic after practice, after uh, rounds. And you guys were such a great group. I don't know if I'm still doing this all these years later, if not for people like you, Jameer, Tony Batiste, Keon Dooling, and of course, Grant Hill. He's the first NBA player who ever called me my name back to me, which I will never forget. Can you just talk about that group a little bit and and what you learned from guys like Jameer and, and specifically Grant, just as far as being a teammate? Now, the leadership lessons that I'm sure you brought into to heading up the Puerto Rican national team. You know, speaking about Grant, I saw him and uh, uh, you were able to set up a game with USA in Vegas this summer. So I saw him there. Um, you know, he's part of the US, USA basketball now. And uh, it was great to see him. He was always just a great leader, always very positive. Uh, very soft-spoken all the time, you know. Uh, he knew to calm you down in moments of adversity, which I like. Um, but it was just a fun group. I think, you know, Dwight in itself, he kept the him and Jameer, he kept the group always laughing and doing little jokes here and there, you know how they were. Um, Keon was kind of like a jokester too, but he was serious when we needed to be serious. Uh, but T was our OG, you know, Stacey Augment was our OG. So we had a great balance on that team, you know, uh, and me coming in, I was just trying to fit in. I think uh, when I came in, I played one game with Steve Francis. That was the only game I think it was in Cleveland that we played together. And then I, I think Orlando kind of waved them or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I knew I had to. I know we were trying to fight. You know, we were fighting, trying to you know stay afloat and trying to make it the playoffs. I think we missed out a couple of games that year. But we had we had a good run that that, uh, that last part of the year. Uh, but I enjoyed it. I was just happy to be in Orlando, to be honest with you. Uh, when there was rumors about me being traded, you know, I, I met right away with Joe Dumars in Detroit, and I told him, look, I don't want to leave, but if, if you're going to trade me anywhere, please let it be or not. Well, is that right? Is that right? You asked for this? Oh, yeah. yeah, cool. Oh, oh yes. Yeah, there were, two, there were rumors because remember Darko Minichik? Yes. He wasn't he wasn't happy, you know, you know, in, in Detroit, and they weren't happy with him either. So they were trying to move him, and... Uh, there was a period of like two weeks where it was, you know, strongly, you know, there was they were considering trading him, and um, and there was rumors that I was part of that package with with Darko. So um, and I had a great relationship with Joe, and I said, Joe, you know, uh, can we talk for a second? So we went to his office. I said, look, because I didn't want it to sound like I wanted to leave, you know. Right. I had a or Detroit was a great group too, you know, and we had just gone to the finals too the year before. And I told him there's a lot of rumors. I don't want to leave, but and, and I hear that I'm being, you know, chopped around with with Darko. I said, all I ask is that if you trade me, please trade me to Orlando. I want to be close to home. I feel like I'm home there. You know, every time I go, the flags, this and that, community. And he took his glasses off and his office. Right? I remember it was like yesterday. He took his and he answered. He answered right away. So he's quiet. He looks at me and he takes his glasses off and said, and he said, look at me. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and he's like, I gave him my, my word. If you're not here with me, you're going to be in Orlando. 
if that, that happens, right? if that de- wow. if that deal goes through. I was like, okay. And then uh, I think we went to we went to All Star Weekend. That's when we got traded. I remember. And uh, he called me. I said, Carlos, I know we spoke a week ago. Fortunately, I had to make the trade, blah blah blah. But I give him my word. You're gonna go to Orlando. So I was kind of like. That's incredible. So as soon as I hung up, I started like I was screaming and I would tell my wife, "We go to Orlando." So we were, we were truly excited, man. It was an opportunity that I really wanted to to be a part of that, you know, that club. And uh, Orlando's always been, you know, home for me. You know, we go there, take the kids to Disney. It's two hours from the, I mean, four hours from the house. Uh, so you know, I, I felt like I, I I could fit in, and you know, with the guys and and. Uh, the teams that you, the team that you guys had back then, so, and I felt welcome too. Uh, you know, we had a mix of old like veterans and young guys as well, so, so I felt comfortable right away. I think the short was there too. Yeah, Rashad, Rashad yes, he was. was. He came your your last year. Yeah. You had Rashad, you had Turk, you had Dwight, Jameer. I mean, you had a, you had the, the start of yeah, a. But a, the Sean Stevens. Yes, he was. Yes, he was. Yes, he was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. he was fun. <laughs> yeah, he was. Yeah. He, he keep you interested. Uh, but yeah, what George? Yeah. We played together in Utah too. That's right. Right. You you there was a lot asked of Carlos with that because there was a lot of there was a lot of there's a big Puerto Rican community here which fully embraced you as you mentioned, but you made time. I, I always marveled at that because you could have filled your entire day with, with with going visit this person, visit this person, sign this autograph, but he did it, didn't he? He he wanted to be a part of that. You I, I always marvel at how much you embraced that part of it, Carlos, with that with that community. I was I was just grateful. I was grateful for the love, you know, I was thankful for people coming, you know, night in and night out, supported and brought the flags out. You know, it was just, we started having Latin nights. I don't know if yes. you guys had that before. That's we did right. not. Have, we did not. I think Joey was a big part of that as well. He was. Uh, Ruben, uh, Carlos Velez too. They, they were a great group. You guys had a great group that, you know, really supported me and made sure that I was out there in the community showing love too. And I think that was a great part of uh, of that energy that that I brought when I went to to you know uh, to Orlando because of the community that was behind you know our team, so I was just grateful, man. I was I was uh, in a place where I always wanted to be, so you know, and, and I expected that, and and it happened, and it came through. Yeah. So I was just I was in awe with everything. Well, I remember when we got when we traded for Carlos, we had you know we I, I knew we had a big Latin community in Central Florida, but you know it, it didn't really touch us until we got with you. And I remember I remember immediately when the trade came, um, Linda Landman Gonzalez was on our staff and and Joey Colon, and they immediately came to 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 Joel and Trish and I and just said, "Listen, like this this is going to open up a whole <laughs> new world for you guys. Yep. We're kind we're kind of looking at her and like." Nah, come on! Like you can't, you know, like we 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 had Shaquille O'Neal, Penny, like we're good, like we yeah yeah. <laughs> and then it oh, but it was it was like this whole and even now we we have a we have a Hispanic media list that we now we still use to this day to 2023 that we didn't have before. Uh, we really didn't, and I kind of trace it all back to you coming Los, to, to to Orlando. No, that was beautiful, man. That was beautiful. I mean, I was in shock, but. I was expecting people to support our team, but I was in shock with the magnitude of the energy of everybody. Just we were having reggaeton nights, yeah. concerts right after the game. Right. Yeah, <laughs> right. and, and it was not like there was like a hundred people or two hundred. It was like five thousand people out there. Remember? Mm-hmm. 
Oh, we were producing post game radio shows during those concerts. I, I, I'm not so sorry about that. That's right. You're exactly right. You mentioned Brian Hill. Brian Hill was a big fan of yours. He was a big fan of Darko's too. It was something special with that group. I, I know Darko struggled in Detroit, and 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 you know I know he wasn't as happy being there, but but he was a talented individual. Carlos Darko was a guy that he accepted his role here. He he did what Brian asked of him, and. Uh, you know, blocking shots, protecting the rim. What what do you remember about it? Was a hard the NBA life was hard on Darko. Well, what what was your take on uh, on on his on his NBA portion of his journey? I think he was very misunderstood. Right. You know, um, Darko was extremely talented. Could pass. Could you know defend? He could score. And he could do anything. You know, he wanted to. And at the same time, I don't know if he was as passionate for the game as other guys. So mm-hmm. it kind of maybe rub the league the wrong way because he didn't show it, you know. Uh, but he loved basketball, but he was just not passionate, like, to go out and get extra, you know, training and, you know, get to a city and find a high school gym and, and go shoot, you know. And he wasn't like that. He wasn't as dedicated as as you should be when you're in the NBA. And that might have rubbed guys and teams the wrong way. And at times it showed in the games. At times you see him playing and he was just disinterested. He looked disinterested. Yeah. But I think that was part of his personality as well. He was just like that. He was European. He come from a place where, you know, his family probably had to go through war situations in the past and tough situations. Mm-hmm. You know, and, you know, uh, going into a culture where everybody's dedicated and, and loved and very passionate about the game is just different, you know, cultural wise. He was just built different, you know, but he was very misunderstood. I love Darko, you know. Yes, yeah, I love Darko, you know, and and guys on the team could tell you, you know, we love Darko. He was just he was funny in his own way. Yep, yep. Carlos, now, Carlos, feel overwhelming the the amount of the amount of pressure on you from the the Puerto Rican community. Just kind of, and and, and even still, I mean, you are you're Mr. Puerto Rican basketball essentially, and there are a lot of people who kind of tie. Tie their hopes to you. Is it? Does it ever make you sort of want want to hide for a day and and get a breather? Yeah. And have you had to pay for a meal since you beat Team USA in 04 yes, in the Olympics? Have you have you had to pay, have you had to pay for anything in Puerto Rico? <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. I, yes. I do. I mean, I've I've got a share of my my free meal here and there, you know. But um, no, uh, I've learned young, you know, that you know, I embraced it. I embraced it. Um, um, you know, my parents, you know, um, they, uh, they taught me from a young age, you know, I was, national team was a religion, you know, for a lot of us growing up, you know, I've watched the national team since I was a young kid and it was always a dream of mine to be a part of that team. But, you know, I think, uh, you know, once I made it to the league, you know, I started getting, you know, recognition. And then once that, those 2004 Olympics, you know, after that, just, I think my life changed completely from a from a marketing st- standpoint, you know, and, and try to move my name with brands in Puerto Rico and internationally that I could, you know, benefit from and grow uh, and grow my brand, you know, it, it helped me a lot. But after those 2004 Olympics, you know, and then, uh, you know, uh, doing well in the NBA helped my name as well uh, to be able to open doors and internationally with the national team open the doors for me in Europe as well. So uh, I've always embraced that, that love and the, uh, it's a huge responsibility. Obviously, you know, you have to kind of like have your, your mirror clean, you know. You're always 
I'm always kind of inspiring the next generation where I, I was when I was a player and now as a mentor, general manager for the national team and, and structuring this, the federation moving forward for years to come. You know, I always constantly have to deal with new players coming in and now recruiting and staying in touch with the guys that are uh, a part of the national team now and just trying to build a structured team and a culture within our federation, federation where guys that are we're not born and raised in Puerto Rico can understand what it means to, to represent Puerto Rico and still feel proud of what you wear, the uniform. So, uh, but I, I, you know, I've embraced it since I was a kid and I learned to, and I've grown, um, understanding the business part of it. And then the, the human part of it, which is the love from the community and the people, every time they see you and they want to take a picture or they want you to, you know, speak about, you know, the years in the NBA and what it means to represent Puerto Rico and here and there. Uh, I've learned how to maneuver. I've always had a good, solid team around me. You know, you know, uh, my family and my PR, my wife, and people that keep me grounded as well. I think, which I think is very important. So, um, I've never thought that I'm bigger than the national team or bigger than Puerto Rico. Bigger than you know, I've always kind of like you know, moving. So I'm grateful for the opportunity that the game gave me, and just try to embrace it and, and carry myself with respect as much as I can. Carlos, I know we're getting close to the end here, but we by the time this drops, we're going to be in Mexico City playing against the Hawks, and and we're very excited because you're going to be there. Yeah. What is it? What does it mean? You know, as a, as an international kid, what does it mean to see have an NBA game in, in a place like Mexico City or or somewhere abroad? I'm mad. I wish you were going to play Puerto Rico, man. I thought I we know. Made that happen. Me too. I know. I mean, we were we were able to carry our. Uh, a concert after game that we can't bring a game to Puerto Rico, you know. <laughs> Against the Pelicans. You don't have magic Pelicans with Jose Alvarado in Puerto Rico? Yeah, we can't I make that happen? It's one of the guys that I recruit at. Thanks for our national team as well. So hopefully we can make something happen. Uh, but I'm, I'm excited. I think globally the game is growing, continues to grow. Um, and, you know, in Latin America, you know, Hispanics are very passionate about the game. Uh, and just... And beautiful to see, uh, you know, especially Orlando, you know, being that it's in a, in a, in a state where, you know, it's a huge um, Hispanic community. I think uh, having that game in Mexico will help a lot. Uh, we'll continue to build uh, the NBA brand worldwide. And, and I, I just think it's great, you know, to have those type of games in other countries. Are you doing the post-game co- uh, concert, Carlos? Is that, is that what it's at? Please. How, how much? How much money? <laughs> yeah, answer. there it is. That's a good answer. Money time. Hey, Carlos, last thing. I'm, you know, as we're, as we're getting ready for this, we're looking back on your career and you're seeing Vince Carter, Carl Malone, John Stockton, Dwight Howard, Mark Jackson, right? You're looking at people aren't fortunate enough to, to play with that caliber player throughout their entire career. And also success. You went to an NBA Finals, Conference Finals. You've won championships overseas. When you think about all of that interaction, right, and all the greats that you've played with, all the success that you've had, how does that help you in your role now? What What are some of the biggest takeaways uh, that you have fr- from that experience? Because he can walk into a meeting and take his resume and just drop it on his table <laughs> yeah. and just go, damn, yeah. let's Look, go. Let's- here's a picture Here's a picture <laughs> of me subbing out John Stockton for the last time. Yeah, why don't you – here's – Take two hours to read my resume and I'll be back. Right, right. Um, man, I, I can't complain. I've been extremely uh, blessed and, and grateful for, you know, I continue to say that because as you mentioned, you know, it, my last two years were 
in Boston, my, my last year in the NBA in Boston where I had Shaq and I had, you know, uh, Paul and KG and Ray Allen, you know, and right. Miami went with those guys. So I think the game has really shown me to uh, be professional at all times, uh, be humble with every everyone you meet, um, uh, the new generation, be a, a mentor, you know, and uh, with everything that I've learned, Outside of the of, of the of the of the court and in on the court, you know, I think that's helped me grow with to to see the game from a different perspective, from a business perspective as well. Um, and you know, it just has opened the doors for me worldwide. Uh, I wish my son would love and be as passionate as I was when I was a kid playing basketball. He really hates it, right, but right. you know, right. yeah, and you know, and you know, so that he can actually live and go through the experiences that I went right. through as a, you know, as a basketball player loving this game. But, um, I think overall everything from, from different aspects of the game I've learned and uh, just to appreciate the life that I have now being retired, you know, I can look back and say, look, I did this, I did that. Wow. I can't, I can't believe it. You know, I'm just truly honored and, and blessed to be, to be exact. Well, we're so appreciative of your time, and uh, we're proud of you, Carlos, with all you've done Thank and you. you continue to do. We can't wait to see you in in Mexico City, and George will back you up yes. on the post game concert. He'll be ready. He'll be ready yeah, to go. Sure. <laughs> yep. And best of luck. Keep up. Work. Keep up the great work with Team Puerto Rico. We'll be cheering you on. That's fantastic, Carlos. Take care. Thank you. Thank. You. I appreciate you guys. Thank right. you. You got it. That'll do it for this edition of Magic Pod Squad. We'll see you next time.